motion man and fake it to him. A work he sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome into SRZ National Championship Edition. Not our last episode of the year. I don't think we've decided yet, but Ryan Collins, Alex McRae, Eric Bott, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandron. Danger to Joe Dandron, excuse me. That's got to get it right. How are we doing, boys? How was break? I'm I'm doing great, guys. Damn. I had a great break. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun? You guys was, went to New York. Yeah, Alex McRae sporting his pinstripe bowl. That was the best part of the whole thing. You guys did that for free? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It to you. Nice. I'm had a price tag on it, too. Really? $28. Was it 28 It was 28 I thought it was 38 I thought I was getting a real good deal. I don't know. Good hat, though. Great hat. Yeah, it looks nice. So warm. Looks nice. Yes. It's a flex, too. It's like the the like the student media members that went to the Final Four last year that right. got the Final Four backpack that they just wear Every around. single one of them has it. Yeah. <laughs> Julian. And All of them are from it. Yeah. It, I know. It's kind of funny because Eric and I mentioned on the broadcast Fromer. where we said, man, who's going to have these hats? The players? The band and us, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I'm just gonna tell people that I played in the game. Yeah. No, just like yeah, I'm a manager on the team. Yeah, Aiden, no, I'm, just, your... I'm just telling yeah. them I played in the game. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Aiden, how was your break? The break was great. What'd you do? Um, so I, <clears throat> I got the the Eric Bach disease. I just cough as soon as I got on the mic. Um, I, what did I do? I chilled for quite a bit. So, okay, you didn't do anything. Here. Yeah, hung out with my niece, my nine month old niece. Oh, nice. That was a lot of fun. If you want pictures, just let me know. I'll show you. Nice. She's adorable. Uh, yeah, that was my entertainment for a full week was just a, a nine-month-old. Did you say you stood up here for a little bit? I was up here until like the 19th or something like that. I stayed okay. up here and just chilled for like 10 days. Well, I finished the first day of finals. Our break is ridiculously long. Ridiculously. Well, I love it. But So I'm... Purdue, I found out, because we're going to Purdue Sunday for the They're still on basketball. break. Yeah, their first day of classes is until Monday. Yeah. And they got out. Like the eighteenth was their last day of finals, like that yeah. Wednesday after us. So that that's like a month. I was going stir crazy, man. I need I had to get back here. What? Yeah, once you're at home for like a couple of weeks, you're yeah. just like, it's time to come back. Yeah, uh, you, you get the juices flowing, but nothing better than watching bowl games on the nothing couch better. with nothing else to do at like two o'clock on December twenty third, watching like the Tony to Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> Even though that game's on New Year's Eve, but, but I digress. The best name. Ever. The best name, but. Whatever. You guys want to talk some bowl season? Talk some bowl season. You guys have any scorching hot takes before we start that we need to get off their chest right now? Get Oklahoma banned from the college football playoff for the next three years. Okay, let's just have this discussion right (laughs) now. Let's just do this right now. Yeah, you kind of have to. Here we go. Kind of have to. Okay, so Bach, I think it was the Rose Bowl game where you tweeted, like, it would be nice to see these two teams play LSU. I think they would give them a better game. Which is probably true. Yeah. But at the same time, they weren't gonna. It was like LSU no. was gonna win by three touchdowns. Collins, I, I wasn't. My argument wasn't that Oregon or Wisconsin deserved to be in the college football playoff over Oklahoma. That was not the argument. Okay. What's the argument? The argument is that if we have eight teams, then okay. both of them would have been in. That, along with Oklahoma. No, I, I. That's what I thought your argument was. I, I. I'm really like the four. I've stated that plenty of times this year. 
I think if you're gonna expand, you go to six. I I I don't think eight. So I think eight is just like let's just have fun. Like it, it would be cool to have eight teams, but like I think it just ruins the regular season. Here's what's gonna happen. It doesn't ruin the regular season. It takes away from like the the importance of the regular season in college football, which is the like only thing. By the way, Joe's taking his jacket yeah, off and just if completely distracting me. you couldn't me. tell. Uh, that he, was unbelievable. It's whatever. Here's, here's... How do you... T- okay, sorry. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what? I just thought I was going to take it off. Okay, just keep it on. It was so me. loud. It was so loud. But I, I didn't think it was... Well, I also don't have headphones in, so it's hard, yeah. for, you know, easy for me to say. The jacket, course. by the way, that just got delivered via FedEx. Yes, because the jacket Joe that I left, left in our hotel room in, in New York. York. <laughs> Brand new. Nice jacket, by the way. Oh, thanks. Well done. Um, yeah, nice but loud. Yeah, nice but loud. It's, it looks very warm, though. Nice but loud. What does that mean? You know, so when you shuffle it around. Yeah, did you not just oh, hear? Yeah. You, <laughs> well, you were I just thought, berating well, me for hearing? Yeah. No, I thought you meant like nice, but like it's a loud fashion statement. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> oh, thought he's. Yeah. It, it made sense. I was like, I was like, it's yes, just that well, navy I, blue jacket yeah. is a very loud yeah, fashion I'm just, statement. I'm really stepping out of my comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I guess. But, you made it out of New York. But Escaped. I, I will say this. I think this, if you're going to expand it, you go six, you get the five. Major conferences, and then you get an at-large. And if you want to go crazy, maybe a group of five team in the mix there. But I just think eight, like, you can't even get four teams in it to have competitive football games at the end of the season. Why expand it to four more teams that are probably not deserving of winning the national title? This is what's going to happen. So the TV deal, what runs the world? It's like 2023. In sports. In sports. Yes. TV deals. Right? That's 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 what runs the world. And the shoe game tonight is a 9 p.m. tip. Exactly. So 2025 is, is when yeah. the TV deal, ESPN and the college football playoffs, is up. Mm-hmm. And so once they begin negotiating for the new TV deal, whatever that is, I'm sure it'll stay with ESPN mm-hmm. because it's been highly successful on ESPN. So they, the Except CFP, the year Michigan State was in Well, it. Because, because they <laughs> scheduled the games on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And they've since wisened up. Yeah. Wisened up. Is that wised up. Wised up. I don't think that's right either. Whatever. Yeah. They've since yeah. gotten smarter. There we go. And yeah. and they um, and they've scheduled them on Saturday. So, and next year the bowl, the semifinals are on New Year's Day, which is what it always should be. Yes. But um, so that's what they're gonna. There's gonna be a restructuring of the TV deal, and that is how the college football playoff will expand because well, that's the conferences will ha- will get greedy. Because it'll it'll change. The only way it changes is at the conference level. Mm-hmm. The Power Five will decide that okay, we're going to do eight or six or whatever it is. Yeah, and then that's what they're going to bring to the negotiating table with ESPN because they're going to say we're going to give you more playoff games, so you're going to give us hundreds of millions of more dollars. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to. That's what's going to happen. It, it it does make sense in that aspect, and I do believe that. But just like personally, I I think four is like a pretty good system. I don't think it's broken yet. Okay. Like, the BCS was broken. There was, like, I, I get they had the whole yes. commuter, computer metrics and stuff with that. But, like, you, ev- other than the first year, you didn't have, like, teams that were deserving left out. I don't think that you really have had that. I think it's kind of figured itself out. So, I think four is good right now. Other than that, during bowl season, I mean, a lot of meaningless game. A lot of coaching changes. Mike Leach. That's crazy. To Mississippi State after Joe, Joe Moorhead who got fired. You could the writing was on the wall there for a long time. That was a weird hire in the first place from Moorhead. 
and like their starting quarterback gets punched by their linebacker two days before their bowl game. He can't play. They get shelled by Louisville in the Music City Bowl. That was just never a right fit. I mean, Moorhead was looking for the Rutgers job in the middle of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of crazy what's gone on with Mississippi and Mississippi State the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. You could see an SB Nation you know, documentary about this in the near future where one celebration changed the course of really two teams' trajectories and set up one of maybe the best matchups coaching-wise in, in college football with Lane Kiffin and uh, Mike Leach. The thing that's kind of wild to me with Mike Leach, because, I mean, Mike Leach is awesome. He's an interesting dude. You you see all the interviews. Everyone laughs at that. I feel like he could have got a better job. I mean, I, yeah. Mississippi State is like a bottom dweller in the SEC West, and it's uh, like the fact that it's in Starkville, the fact that they have to compete with Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, teams that have so much more financial like gifts than they do. It's I don't know. I was kind of interested he took that job. Yeah, not not even considering the SEC teams, but if you look at at just Washington State versus Mississippi State, like Pullman, Oregon is much better than Stark, Washington. Washington. Oops, sorry, Pullman, <laughs> uh, Washington. Have you been to Pullman, Washington, hunt? No, but have you seen pictures of Starkville, no, Stark I, Vegas? Yeah, it, it's it seems disgusting. Have you seen pictures of Pullman, Washington? No, beautiful. It's okay. like a city in the middle of nowhere. It's like not desert quite. But like you are coming out of the hills, and then out of nowhere, it's just Pullman in the middle of nothing, which is kind of cool. You're right near the border of uh, Washington and Montana. You got yeah. mo- mountains just oh, to, Montana, just to your east. Nice. You're uh, you know just a little bit south of Tacoma. I think Washington's way better than Stark Vegas. No, it definitely I'm not disagreeing. Is. And and I don't know even with coaching, like Mike Leach has made a name being a coach with, you know, a, a 4,500 yard passing quarterback. Yep, for the past however many years, and he's going to try to implement the system in the SEC. It's just not going to work. I have a hard time believing it's going to it's going to work for either party. And yeah, there's going to be more revenue sharing in the SEC, but like I think Mississippi State is the least attractive coaching destination in the SEC. I wonder that far because they have a really loyal fan base. And what you I, I get why he wants to go to the SEC because guess what? They actually care about their like football team. Like as good as Washington State's been. Like the fan, like the, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter when you're playing at 10:30 at night against Colorado, and no one's tuning in your games. You're gonna get a couple 3:30 CBS games with Mississippi State with the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. And you're gonna feel important. So I kind of get that aspect, but other than that, it's kind of a weird hire. I think I might have figured out why Mike Leach took the job. Ooh, okay. Uh, I did a quick little Google search of Starkville, Mississippi. Oh boy. And um, they have a Canes. Wow, raising I don't, canes. I don't, I don't know if, out. if Washington State, if Pullman has uh, a raising canes, but maybe Starkville does. So maybe even, that's the difference. Even me, who's a Canes fan to the day I die, I'll die on that hill forever. I love Canes. I'm not gonna move to to Starkville, Mississippi, to be the coach of Mississippi State yeah, just for Canes. I won't do it. I've never if been. It, if it was Vanderbilt, never been to raising canes. <laughs> nope, solid. Very solid. Very solid. Mm, great. That's I, why I continue to go what back is, to Nebraska. What is it? What is it like Chick Fil A? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, oh, sir. It's, well, it's not, don't go. I, this is what <laughs> bugs me. Like about some like fast food restaurant stuff. Like with the Popeyes chicken sandwich. It's still a chicken sandwich. Like let's not go overboard. It's very, very good. Like just like with the fast food, like with raising canes and stuff. It's still chicken tenders. I'd still get them at like wi- like any other fast food chain or any other diner, and it's good. 
So uh, like, uh, I get Canes has really good sauce. That's though. that's the difference. Canes has yeah. really it's, it's good the sauce. sauce that does that's, it for me. That's why I like Chick Fil A a lot too, because I just adore Chick Fil A sauce. But whatever. Right. Speaking of coaching changes, USC did not make a coaching change, and I'm very surprised about that because yeah. Iowa absolutely rolled them in the Holiday Bowl. We're starting to talk about bowl games. All right, that didn't oh, make any sense. The, by the way, people, it didn't thank make you. any sense that they. Didn't make like why? Why? I I mean, Slovis I goes know. down in the beginning of the third quarter. That it looked like USC was to make a run. They score on the first drive. Slovis throws maybe one of the best passes I've seen all year in traffic. They go down, get the onside kick, and then Slovis gets hurt on that drive, and the game was basically over. But other than that, I was like offense looked like prolific. I was shocked. I, they had they had like athletes. I was like, what's going on with Iowa? <laughs> they play like that in games that don't matter. I it, Iowa football is so like in like I, I judged Iowa this whole year basically off that Michigan game because that was maybe the worst football game it I was. watched all year. Ooh, it it was. was horrible, and I, I judged Nate Stanley Stanley about like about that game all year too. Nate Stanley, if he gets drafted in the first four rounds, I will rip my hair out. He won't. I he might though. What I, I don't get how this Iowa team. Had 328 yards of total offense, and they scored 49 points. I know there was a pick six, and there was a kick return touchdown. Yes. But, like, 300 yards of offense, and you put up seven touchdowns? Yeah. That's that's bonkers. I mean, USC was – their defense could not stop the run. Their defense couldn't do anything. Um, I would just like to say a quick little side uh, about Nate Stanley. I remember I said a couple of – well, months ago now, before the Michigan game, that – Nate Stanley's not that good. He can't complete mm-hmm. over 60% of his passes. Uh, he proved me right again this year. He only completed 59.4% of his oh, passes. Oh, yeah. He proved you right. Yep. Hey. 5.6%. <laughs> right is right. He also only had 16 touchdowns. Really, I mean, disappointing after his previous two seasons with 26 apiece. So, I, personally, from a guy who at least somewhat pays attention to draft stock, I don't see Nate Stanley being very high at all. Where Iowa goes after this year will be interesting without Stanley. Like, just say what you want about him. He's still, like, a decently productive quarterback for Iowa. And they lose a lot of pieces on that offensive line. So Michigan State fans are probably interested what that Week 4, I think, believe matchup is. And Iowa City's going to look like. It's going to be two young teams trying to figure themselves out. So that, that game will be interesting next year. Move on to the Cotton Bowl, Penn State. I mean, the, Memphis just could not stop Penn State from running the football. And I understand Ricky Ronnie was not calling this football game. He took the job at what, like New Hampshire or something? I don't know where he took the job at, but he's gone. If Penn State just hand the ball off every single play, they would have won by four touchdowns. It was unbelievable. They kept Journey on, Brown was crazy. It was yeah. It was in all three of the running backs. I think Ricky Slade, Journey Brown, and I can't name the other one. But every time they put the ball in Sean Clifford's hands, like to make a play in the passing game. It was kind of an issue. Like, like I, I was like, guys, at the at some point, let's just run the football. But Memphis decent showing with their new head coach. I, I interesting, like the Con Bowl. Like it's such a weird bowl because it's the noon kick and it's like the Big Ten team or the Power Five team or from the Big Twelve group of five. Yeah, and, and you get that group of five team, and they always come hungry in that like first like half at least. But Memphis, Memphis was. Deserving of being in that bowl, and they showed they they belonged. I wonder if Brady White comes back. Did he announce that, McCray? I'm not sure. No, not sure. I didn't see. He's all right. Well, Memphis quarterback Brady White. Worst team in the Big Ten, Illinois. Yuck. Brady White will return. Brady White is returning. Yeah. 
Good for Memphis. They're going to be good again next year then. But Illinois stunk it up in the Red Box Bowl. Cal, 35-20. to Lovey ball didn't work out. They didn't create the turnovers that they have been all season. Kind of a sloppy finish for Illinois this year. Losing to Northwestern at home and then losing in the Red Box Bowl in kind of embarrassing fashion. Yeah, rough. Even with Brendan Peters at starting quarterback against uh, Cal, I mean, that was just a rough showing all around the last two weeks. You can't really argue with that. So, like, Peters does enough for them to, like, do things, and I think their their offensive steam that game, I watched that entire game, they were literally just content with running the football for two yards until third down. They just put Peters in really bad spots, and the play calling was, like, very just, like, not good. So I was interested in seeing that. That steam was constant. Just loses to Oregon. Just loses to Oregon. 28 to 27. Turnovers kill him. I think they had four. Oregon only had one. Dropped the punt. The punt. That's the worst one. They could have survived the other three if they didn't have that. I I, I just want to talk about the Rose Bowl. It is the only bowl that matters. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Outside of whatever bowl game is playoff. Yeah, yeah. It's the only game that matters. The Rose Bowl will never, ever disappoint. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how game. how the weather's not bad one year. I know. It's, it's like crazy. It's like an act of God every year that the Rose Bowl is just perfect weather and a great game. I, I thought it was pretty cool, too, that, I mean, and Herbert also not throwing a touchdown pass in that game. He had he three had two, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, three. He had and, one coming into that game. Yeah, I know. And also, kid from Eugene, too, goes to Oregon, wins the Rose Bowl. Kind of cool. After that first year, he was a quarterback. They talked about that a lot during yeah. the broadcast, going 4-8 and eight that first year. So They showed Herbert yeah. in a bunch of Joey Harrington jerseys, yeah. and then Harrington's kids wearing Justin Herbert jerseys. That was pretty cool. But, I mean, Wisconsin should have won that football game. And Quinn Cephas, who is leaving Wisconsin for the draft, had a big game. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a big game. But, I mean, Wisconsin proved that they were just as good and maybe better than Oregon. Just... That fumble down the stretch, and then that offensive PI, which was a tough call, but I get why you call it. But it's, I, I didn't ref, know. ref expert was that an offensive PI? It was a bad angle. The first like camera they showed, so it didn't look like it was an offensive PI. In my opinion, it's not enough for offensive pass interference. I agree, I agree. Especially now, you know, you don't officiate to the time of the game; you officiate the same the whole game. But in my opinion, yes, you officiate for the time of the game. In my opinion, that play is not enough to be offensive pass interference. Agreed. Because I believe the defensive back engages first. Yes. Now I'll 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 concede that the receiver made the appearance of blocking. Down yeah. The, but I just. I don't think, and honestly, without the contact there, I still don't think that defensive back makes a play on the ball. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Move on. Rega- regardless, I want to just touch on this really quick. Tough way for Jonathan Taylor to go out. Yeah, but, like, not really. I, I mean, mean, you can blame the officials for that call, which I'm not saying anyone here is. Yeah, but Wisconsin but blew that game. You, dro- you don't drop the punt. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it was anyone's fault. I'm just saying that you lose a point, you lose the Rose Bowl by one point in your last game. I mean, you got the door to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, That's I good mean, enough. yeah, yeah. How, still, have you, did you look at? Did you hear them say on the broadcast Wisconsin's last three trips to the Rose Bowl? Yeah, have all been losses by less than a touchdown. They lost in the, like the fourth quarter. Yeah, and they've all been really, really good games. The yeah. Andy Dalton year where they went undefeated and beat them in the Rose Bowl. Yep. And then Oregon again. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Yep. And they lost. I think. I think Mariota was like a freshman that year. That was a really good. That game. That was the year 
the first year of the Big Ten Championship yep. when Wisconsin beat Michigan State. Yep, never forget. Never forget uh, Isaiah Lewis Oof. roughing the punter. Oof. Tough call. Wisconsin wide receiver Aaron Cruikshank announced he's entering the transfer portal today, too. He's favored to go to Rutgers. Interesting. Yep. I, you just said, That sucks for him. I, I was perusing the transfer portal early, earlier today, yes. I was about to say, you know, we say, some, yeah, we say someone in the transfer portal, you just immediately know. That's pretty surprising, though, considering Quintez Cephas is going to the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising. Yeah, what's it called? So, like, if I just gave you, like, random quarterbacks, I'd be like, where's Felipe Franks doing? Uh, probably Kansas. Kansas? Kansas. Mm. Well, Lane, the place where opponents' KJ dreams Costello. go to is KJ die. Costello? Kansas. Transferring? Yeah, yeah, KJ Costello is. Uh, he has not announced any interests yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, and where's Connor Hayward going? Uh, no word of as of now. He's got to graduate Michigan State first. Yeah, he's, he's coming back for this semester, and then he is yeah. going to be immediately eligible after that. Um, no oh. word on Weston Bridges, Cam Chambers. Uh, who else? Ladarius Jefferson. Yeah, I, I uh, Noah Davis. I did see. I did Cincy, see though. Cincinnati. No, Noah, Noah Davis. Davis to Cincinnati and uh, well, um, Dimitri Douglas. Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, I did see though that Ladarius did retweet a uh, little like hype gif kind of thing for the Cincinnati Bearcats. So they Ooh. that might be an indication that he's joining forces with Noah Davis since he's his poach in Michigan State Spartans, but uh. I mean, Minnesota, let's just move to New Year's Day. Minnesota-Michigan played at noon. I hate that they have two games at one time. No, they play at 1 o'clock on New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. I hate that they're at the same time. Like, like I, not that, like, have one at noon and have one at 1. I don't know why. So there's I, at least some, like, of a stagger. Yes. So when one hits halftime, you can watch it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just, like, don't like it because those are two. It's an SEC Big Ten matchup every year, and I usually want to watch both games, but... This year, it's kind of hard to flip back and forth. Minnesota, big win against Auburn. Oh, Huge. man. They were Huge. ready to play in that game, yes. man. And I'm, Minnesota's going to be a problem the next couple of years Ooh. with Tanner Morgan. And I think Tanner Morgan has capabilities to maybe play at the next level. Oh, no doubt. Yes. I I mean, he's good. And then they, get, they bring back Bateman. I know they lose Tyler Johnson, who's going to be a high draft pick this year. But Minnesota's going to be a problem. That offensive line is legit. And a lot of those guys are coming back. Michigan, I mean, they came out hot, just kidding. They did not come out hot. I mean, Jerry Judy, first play, <laughs> Alabama had it with Matt Jones. It was like, what, 80 yards? 85. 85 yeah. yards. and lost. He had 204 yards and only six receptions. I know, he's nasty. That's crazy. And when 35-16, to 16, Bama does, kind of stick it in the end zone at the end. Didn't really need to do it. I don't know why that happened, but it was a weird kind of thing between Saban and Harbaugh. And then Harbaugh called a timeout at like one second left. Down 19, but Shea Patterson didn't play very well. I thought Michigan kind of held their own, but their offenses couldn't do enough at the like at some point. Imagine if Alabama had Tua. Yes, it would have been. I mean, they would have died if they had Tua. I mean, if Tua was <laughs> still playing, they probably are in the playoff or well, something that's like that. Yeah. But um, but think about this: Minnesota beats Auburn. Auburn beat Alabama. So, what do they call that? The transitive property. Yeah. Yes. By the transitive property. Yeah, I mean Minnesota. I think Auburn, Auburn's defense coming into that uh, game was highly ranked. Yes, and Minnesota kind of carved them. them up. Yep, they did. I mean it. It was impressive. It was really. I mean, I I was on the fence about Minnesota the whole year. Mm-hmm. I thought you know they play in the Big Ten West. They don't. You know they didn't. They choked against Wisconsin there in the last week of the year at home. 
They or they they did beat Penn State, but I wasn't super high on Penn State the whole year. But man, that I think out, out of all of their performances, that was by far their best against against Auburn. And you're right, Collins. They are going to be a problem. They're, I mean, they come at East Lansing next year. Yeah. Mark your calendar. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, it is. The Michigan State. You're talking about your home schedule. You're like, oh, Miami, Ohio State, Michigan. Mark Minnesota down as one of those teams because they're going to be in the top 25 most likely when they come to East Lansing next year. Oh, yeah. Got to say, Bach, though, the transitive property doesn't work because the because Iowa beat Minnesota and Michigan beat Iowa. So Michigan beat Alabama via the transitive property but didn't beat them in the bowl game. I thought the transitive property was only one layer deep. Oh, I thought we were going really deep. Yeah, okay. okay. Minnesota comes in on Halloween yeah. to East Lansing next year. Like Halloween Saturday, day. October 31st. Jeez. That, I, that <laughs> will be a problem. Yeah, you, you want <laughs> a lot of people. You want to hear something very obscure? And the Spartans are off the next week. So I think the last time college football played on Halloween, like if you guys want to like think about this, is when Michigan State went to Minnesota. Yes, and a night game at TCF yes. Bank Stadium. I think Keyshawn Martin returned. The yes, kick for a touchdown. that was on Halloween. Yes. You're 100 percent right. I was in fifth grade, had a party in my basement. 2009. I yes, I remember like it was yesterday. Michigan State blew a lead. I, think, I was at my friends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Eric Decker was on that team. It was like, yeah, it, maybe it was like Weber and Decker. They were still playing. I don't know. It was know. Kirk Cousins' first year as a starter. So they yeah. had yes, mm, Decker definitely wasn't there then. I think wasn't it. My fifth grade year. I don't know. I don't know. We're <laughs> moving on. But the last time, hey, th- maybe that's just like a Halloween rivalry. Minnesota, Michigan Uh-oh. State. Hopefully People it's a new kick. Indiana blows the game in the Gator Bowl. I don't think we need to really talk yeah. about that game. Oh, they just blew it. Absolutely they, they're blew better it. than Tennessee and lost. Yep. And, I mean, if they – they're going to be interesting, too, with Pennets coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to look, but – And Pennets didn't play, obviously. Yes, yeah. He didn't play the last, like, five or six teams a year. They'll be interesting – and I want to have a bigger discussion about the last two. Ohio State obviously blows a 16-point lead. A little controversy with the catch and the targeting and all that stuff. But they blow that game to Clemson. They they proved that they were probably the better team on the field, and they just didn't get it done. And anyone who's complaining about the refs, those are two fine calls. I truly believe those were... The targeting was the right call. Targeting like, was 100% the correct call. Like, if you're complaining about that, you just don't watch college football. They've been calling that all season. Yep, literally all season. And then the fumble one, it's kind of hard to overturn that. I get that, but in real time, I was like he didn't catch that. Yeah. You in my opinion, you cannot overturn that. Okay. I, I feel like I get that. I feel though. like if you call it incomplete on the field, then that could be supported. I, I would agree. But the whole point of replay is to have indisputable video evidence to overturn something. And that's not, in my opinion, what they had. I just I, I, I'm in. I'm one hundred percent in on the targeting. Yeah, people can complain, yeah. complain. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, Correct. it's targeting. Going yeah. to be you can't targeting argue with it. for the as long as they play tackle football moving forward. That's going to be targeting. Yes. Yeah. And the reason Ohio State lost the game is because they kicked three field goals in the red zone in the first half. And J.K. Yeah, I remember, Eric, you texted me during the first half of that game, and you, you texted I, you and me and Joe Fryoffer, and you were like, "That's going to come back to get them." And yeah. Exactly. It, I, I mean, that you got it. You have to finish in the red zone there. You have to. I mean, when Dobbins dropped it, it was kind of yeah. like that. It, was that, bad. when Dobbins dropped it, you're like, okay, something. Here we go. Yeah, something like. I mean, that's it, the type of plays that replay has to turn over. They called that a touchdown yeah. on the field, and it was clearly, indisputably yeah. not. That's that's the only thing yeah. that replay should turn over, in my opinion. At the same time, though, like until that that targeting changed the game. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a correct call. It was. But like the, it, without that targeting, Clemson does not win that football game. 
And give Clemson and Trevor Lawrence credit. They fought back and they played tough. But I, I truly thought Ohio State was going to go down there and win it at the end. And it kind of sucks that a miscommunication yeah. is the reason they lose that football. It was an anticlimactic way to end that game. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I had issue with in that game, personally, it was the catch. Just because, or the, the catch the that wasn't a overturned. catch. The overturned yeah. catch. Uh, I, I've had such an issue with the, the way that they judge what's a catch and what isn't, and that's probably because I'm a Lions fan. Well, right. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. it's had trauma in that the, the catch issues have troubled me to my core since 2010 when the mm-hmm. Lions were screwed over by the referees by not completing the progression of the catch in the end zone with uh, the Calvin Johnson rule. I, what's a catch? What's a catch? I don't know what a catch football is. Football move. I, I make a football yeah, they gotta, move. They have to get those that phrase out of the rule book. Yes. Because it's too ambiguous. Vague. Yeah. There's no – they have to either get rid of that phrase or further define that phrase. Yeah. Because that was their justification in the rule book for overturning that. And yeah. and in my opinion, you it's too vague. Yeah, it, it's far too vague. I mean, you, you can tell that lawyers are the ones who wrote the rule yeah. book. Right. <laughs> it's very – it's painfully obvious at this point. And it's – just such a huge momentum changer. Do I think Clemson still probably wins the game if Ohio State is able to uh, recover and score a touchdown there? I think there's probably a good shot Clemson mm. Clemson might still come back. No, there probably is, but it, still, seven points directly off the board. I think they went down and scored a touchdown, too, well, on that drive. Well, because it became fourth down. Yes. So they called it an incomplete pass. It was on third and eight yeah. or whatever. So then it was fourth and eight. So Ohio State obviously lost the touchdown, got the ball back. I, did they go three and out? I believe so. They didn't score. They punted. Yeah. They Ohio, might not have gone three and out, got a couple first downs. Or whatever, Ohio but. State's offense completely fell apart in the yeah. second yes. half. Yes. I mean, that's that's what it did. That's what that's why I say that I think Clemson would still have probably come back. It was a complete opposite from the Wisconsin game. Correct. Yeah. And it, it, I was surprised. I mean, the whole catch thing, and I, and I know, Eric, you and I have talked about this, yep. but – it's what the refs called. You can't go back right. and change that. I mean, I was watching the game with a bunch of people who were, you know, diehard. Bit, OSU. Oh yeah, a bunch of family came up from Columbus. Yeah, and oh man, they were not happy. No, but at the same time, it's what the call was in the field. You can't like that's what, regardless of what people think, that's what was called. That's what it was. On, I and I, I true. I mean, I watching it. I was like, I thought he scored, but then when you go back and look at that replay, it's like the whole football move thing is like. But it is what it is, you know? My my thing is, you take three steps with the ball securely mm-hmm. in your hands, that should be a catch, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, regardless, that's percent, that's how what, I felt. regardless of whether you make a football move or not, I think that's a catch. Yeah. When you have at least two feet down and then you put another foot down yeah. with firm, I mean, clear possession. He had clear possession of the ball. And then... I, I don't understand how you can how I forget who the um, referee analyst was in the Bill Lamagne is who, his name who said well I'd like to see him turn up field and try to make a football yeah. move I I will say this I think when they're reviewing catches they got to get rid of the slow motion I want them to do, do it, it in real, real time. time yeah and it's you like, can make hey. anything look bad yes. in slow motion and like if you're re- like reviewing a fumble or something else do it in slow motion because that that actually yeah. like makes mm-hmm. sense but like when you're doing a catch like in slow motion it makes it look a lot like different than it actually is and it's not just because of this case when you did it in real time compared to slow motion it was completely different i'm just saying in general i think that would help them going forward but other than that i mean well, i would say blew that game and uh, I, clemson got all the breaks but guess what they capitalized on it yep and i <laughs> One of my better better friends is a Clemson fan. I'm like, Ohio State was kind of better than Clemson. He's like, 
Huh? That's not true. I'm like, they were. They were better than Clemson. Tough but... Borland dropping the interception, yes. too. Oh, man. That uh, was tough. Clemson's um, just the best program Let in the me country. ask something like, right now. When did your friend become a Clemson fan? 2014? His dad went to Clemson. Oh, okay. he's been nice. a Clemson oh, fan oh, for that would his do. whole life. <laughs> right, right in yes. your Gray's face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You, you just got to ask the hard you, questions you do. sometimes. Yes. Sometimes, and sometimes it blows back up in your face. It yep. happens. It happens. But, okay, let's move on to the most important bowl game of the Big Ten season. Here we the go. The pinstripe bowl. Hey. hey. How was Yankee Stadium, boys? Awesome. Sweet. Really cool? Sweet. Re- and very good. They, they treat you well? They did. Um, I was a little Media disappointed. Food the food was good. I just wish it was available longer. That's like you're I went and got food week. at halftime. Well, no, 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 no. It, I wish they gave us more than one food pass. Oh, that's what I meant. That's... Oh, I went back after that and got more. Did you? They yeah. weren't checking? <laughs> no. Because the lady was right there taking my ticket I when I went. I walked yeah, right no, in there, was... grabbed two hot dogs at halftime. Oh. Well, well that it was been, good. That would have been They had a nice better. little spread. The, the best part was the dessert. Okay. Uh, oh, they had sure. this really nice uh, Yankees Oreo cake. Oh, nice. Oh, it was so It was good. hidden away, too. Was. I had to point it out yeah. to Bach. McCray. I, I found it, and I said, Bach, look at that over there. And I, I, I did a 360 and went back. I was like, yeah, I got to get me some Oreo cake. Before we get into the game, what was the atmosphere like? Because almost I, I, a lot of Wake Forest. I, a lot. Yeah. I was going to say probably like a 55-45 Wake Forest. I would say maybe, maybe 60-40. Oh, yeah. No. No. No, well, no, no. I mean, they, they said this on the broadcast. 38,000. I think it was like 70% of Wake Forest's fan base lives within two or three hours of Yankee Stadium. It was oh, something crazy. That like makes that. a lot of sense then. Yeah. How do you determine a statistic like that? I mean, yeah. The, alum- <laughs> the Alumni Association? I don't know. Oh, that's no, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the only way you yeah, can find yeah, data. Yeah, think about it. But it was, I mean, it was difficult to call a game from Definitely. the end zone, from the yeah. baseball. I mean, it would have been, if, if it was... A baseball game. I mean, we were in one of the radio booths at Yankee Stadium that, yeah. you know, was used for baseball. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we were literally right next door to Wake Forest Radio. Yeah. And so on our left was the uh, TV camera in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the TV camera was MSU Radio. Then it was us. Then it yeah. was Wake Forest. We actually were more centered than Wake Forest flagship radio. Yeah. Which was cool. Shout out student radio. Yeah, big time in and and oh, we, had, we had we uh, had I have the picture I have a picture of it on the on the wall there at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium welcomes Michigan State student radio and had our oh that's had nice. our thing there. You, you should have nice. stole it. We did. We did. You got it. <laughs> Don't worry, we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, but let's quickly get into it. Lewerke really good. Have their best team this season as Michigan State wins twenty seven to twenty one. Lewerke goes twenty six for thirty seven. 320 yards, one TD, one INT, 11 rushes for 46 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Brian Lewerke played his best game of the season in the last game of the year. At the uh, right time, too. I mean, he he was really good. Right, right time for himself, maybe not yes. for Michigan State. And Elijah Collins, 21 rushes for 96 yards, broke a couple medium big runs, like a couple 20-ish runs in that Wake Forest game. Cody White was really good, eight receptions on eight targets, 97 yards, and one TD. And in a nice little bright spot, one of Michigan State's bigger recruits in the last couple of years, Trent Gillisley, four receptions and 88 yards, and one a 64-yarder. And, but a the co- fu- and a costly fumble. Fumble in the red zone. That w- I will, At the same time, I was like, why are you running that play to Trent Gillisley? But, by the way, was Cyber just like not dressed? Did he hurt he was himself? Hurt. 
He was hurt. D'Antonio said that he had tweaked his knee or something like that. In bowl practice? Yeah. Okay. I, they didn't even explain that during the broadcast. Because Gillisley was like the only guy who was getting reps at tight end. It was played, interesting. Other than the fumble, played a really good game, though. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. I mean, ballooned a little bit by the 164 yard. Yeah. Which was the, an lo- awesome throw. And the longest completion of uh, Brian Lewerke's career, also. That, that might be, I think... In my opinion, that that was the momentum changer. Oh, for sure. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was the play that that won Michigan State the game on the mm-hmm. on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. I, I think the momentum changer, as I mean, Wake Forest was right down the field and the scores like that. It was easy. Jamie Newman, who's actually in the transfer portal, I think he's favored to go to Oregon, but that's well, a, yeah. actually he um, is, with Jake Fromm now entering the NFL draft. Look for him to maybe go to Georgia. Okay. Okay. But I, I mean, Wake Forest was right down the field, and I think Michigan State eventually gets a field goal. On the board, once Panashuk got that pitch set, I think that yeah. was a weird play. The defense, but it was a lucky play, but it was a momentum shift. When you have a, the offensive struggles that Michigan State has all year, I think that that play made by the defense really got the offense kind of going. Yes. Though. Yeah, like I mean, that's the stuff that was missing the whole year for Michigan State was a defensive play like that. I know that you know you it's probably asking too much of the defense to do something like that every single game, mm-hmm. but that play just it flipped a switch in the Michigan State offense, in my opinion. And I, I'm gonna, we're going to move on from the bullet game because I don't think it really matters that much. What do you take from this? And, and you guys were there post-game. What was the vibe that this win meant to the program shifting into next year? I mean, I especially when you see just like a joyous way to kind of end a lot of guys' careers, guys who had been there for a long time, obviously not the ending that they wanted to because – when you think about the expectations that the program has placed on itself to compete for a Big Ten title, they didn't do that. Nope. But it was a good way to end close out guys like Raekwon Williams. Like he was very visibly happy after the game. And I think that the guys on the team, it was definitely just something that was good for the program. I think it's going to be good for next season going to fi- – because if you lose that, that's a, I think it's like the third time you have a losing record under D'Antonio since 06 or something like that. And – that kind of puts it in a bad light this whole season. Obviously, they struggle all year. But I think also certain position groups played well enough, and that's going to carry, like, Barnett, you know, Trey Mosley. They have a lot of guys who played really well, and that will carry over into next season and be a big part of that. You know, I kind of got a little bit of a different vibe after the game. I mean, I wasn't at the press conference. I didn't talk to any of the players after the game, but I watched the press conference on uh, on the little press TVs, and some of the players looked almost like they were relieved but not necessarily in the most positive way uh you know i, I watched i watched the press conference with lewerke with panachute and, and, and in that press conference Willikis. i agree with that lewerke and willikis especially willikis sounded just i mean obviously you get done playing a game you whatever but lewerke sounded a little bit like he was kind of glad to be done I, oh I, for sure with he that. has to yeah be. he has to be but i my question is more sorted to like People like kind of look at the Buffalo Wild Ones Bowl from the start yeah. of that mich- that mm-hmm. great Michigan State run where they go to the Rose Bowl, Con Bowl, and then go to Con Bowl again. Did you get the vibe that there's maybe next year there'll be something a li- that, like there's a vibe around this program that they're ready to push for something more? Did you guys get that? There vibe? was one telling comment to me, uh, and it came from Antoine Simmons after the game. He was just like, Somebody asked, I don't know if somebody directly asked him if he was coming back next year. He's like, and he was, I basically said he's coming back next year. Yeah. And that he's got a lot of unfinished business. And I think. He'll be a captain. Oh, for sure. I think, and, you know, we're going to get into most encouraging 
most discouraging things yes. for Michigan State. And I'm, I guess I'm just going to start that by saying that Antoine Simmons and his his mindset is the most encouraging thing for me for Michigan State in 2020. Because if if he was, hap- of course, happy to win the game, and mm-hmm. and as he should have been, um, yeah. because Michigan State overall played pretty well in the Prince Strike Bowl. Yes. Put together probably their most complete performance of the season, offense, defense. Uh, defense got off to a rough start. Offense got off to a great start and then tapered off. But um, I think he was. we have a lot of unfinished business. We know that we didn't live up to expectations. We're happy to have this win today, but we we have a lot of work to do. And I think if Michigan State, as a program, takes that mindset into you know spring ball and fall camp and the 2020 season, then um, then I think that they're going to do better than some of people think they are. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to next year, the 2020. Wait, what did I just say? I just <laughs> 2020, said 2020, 2020. 2020. I'm saying the 2020 season. And right now, <laughs> Michigan State, what has it been, like three or four weeks since they played in the Pinstripe Bowl? About, have not about, made any coaching changes. Yep. So we'll start off the bat there, and it sounds like they're not making any so far. That's the word. That is the rumor. I disagree with that rumor. Not saying that they're going to make sweeping changes. I don't assume Jim Bowman to be coaching next year for Michigan State because yep. his contract's up. And I've heard a lot of rumors that Haynes might be on his way out too, the secondary coach for Michigan State. But no sweeping changes. I'm, I'm not, truly not surprised. And if you followed this program, you shouldn't be surprised. But it's discouraging. And I, I don't think we need to harp on it anymore. But this is the reason why this program has fallen off. And there's just, like, no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with you there. The coaching changes, I mean, the, the offense has been uh, nothing short of terrible. For the last four Brutal. years, four years now, not four, four or five years. years, not four. Even in even in seventeen, they had a uh, an offense ranked like ninety fifth. They just yeah. had, they had their moments that year. Yeah, Penn State, Northwestern, that made it seem like that they were really good, but they were so inconsistent offensively in twenty seventeen. Yes, that's fair. I mean, when they played a real team, they lost forty eight to three. Yes, you're fair. That's fair, and I I think at the end of the Connor Cook area era, they kind of won in spite of the offensive play calling in 2014. Like, you look back at the Ohio State game in East Lansing, 4th and 5, Nick Hill, HB draw. There's always been questions about offensive play calling and, like, who should have the capabilities to, like, work this job for Michigan State. But they're not going to make any changes. So I I don't even think we need to discuss it at this point unless they made some changes. It's just disappointing. Because changes need to happen. They have to. And and they're not going to happen. So At at this point in the program's history – I mean, if Mark D'Antonio doesn't win nine, ten games next year, after he doesn't make any coaching changes this year, I don't know how you can't make how you can't make drastic changes. Yes, and or, I, or unless he just retires, I think that's the most likely outcome. Yeah. That, for Mark D'Antonio to end his career as the Michigan State head coach is if he retires. I don't think yeah. they're going to push him out. I don't think they're going to fire him. They, he doesn't have a real boss, so doesn't he can exactly do whatever right. he wants? And I think he's gonna. I I truly believe he wants to go out on a higher note than he did this year. I think he will retire in the next two or three years. I mean, he's getting old. Yes, he's, and he looks old. Yeah. No offense to Mark, he's in good shape, but like, he, yeah. he, he, I mean, he looks old because he is old. Yes, I know he's old. <laughs> so, I mean, he's had a heart attack before. He's definitely got to be like concerned about himself. But whatever. Let's move on to the position groups. 
One thing I want to say before we start talking about position groups, Josiah Stott enters the NFL draft. The only noteworthy underclassman leaving Michigan State for the NFL draft. I was a little shocked by it, but if I'm Josiah Stott, why not do that? I, I wouldn't have any faith that this defense is going to be any better next year, and he's going to put any more positive tape out there. So for himself, I understand the move. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I think he can be a solid nickel corner in the NFL. I think that's probably where he projects the best. I mean, he's not the tallest guy. You don't see guys really under six foot playing on the outside edge in the NFL very often anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see him being an early day three, late day two nickel corner pick for, for a team. And I think he could carve out a pretty good career for himself. He can literally just do what Dark West and R does for the Bengals. Just yeah. work on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Just work on the inside. But uh, 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 that's a di- very difficult replacement. But is it the most in- difficult replacement? And I, to me, it's not. But I want to hear what you guys think. No, I, I I think it's definitely defensive line. I mean, you lose Raquan Williams, you lose Kenny Willickis, you lose Naquan Jones, you lose Mike Panashuk. That's a lot of guys, man. Yep. That's a lot of really good guys. Guys that will probably find themselves on NFL rosters. Most of them, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how do you replace that? I you can't. Is the first thing you you have to say to that, but how do you at least attempt to replace it? I don't know if the Spartans have anybody who's that that dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when I looked at it, I think the secondary is going to be a major issue next year, and I don't think Josiah Stott is the biggest loss to this because I do agree the defensive line is going to be an issue too. But you do have some players coming back. Jacob Ponish would prove to be a very quality defensive end this year, and I understand that Kenny Willekes was getting the majority of the doubles and all that stuff, but Ponish would still produce. And I think Natron Jones with a bigger role could be a little bit more of an impactful player, but. The secondary, I think Barnett's going to be switched over back to cornerback. I think, I think you, you kind of have to. Yeah, I think you, yeah. ha- you, you literally have to. There's such a lack of depth there. And they have so much depth at wide receiver after this recruiting class and all the redshirt freshmen. And that they the did, transfer like, of Jaden Reed, too, coming yeah. in. Like Jaden Reed is supposed to be their number one receiver, basically, next year. He didn't play snap this year. Travion Morgan out of Maslin, Ohio, sits sits wide receiver. He will be a factor. I've heard that. He like, literally just needed to get his grades in order. So he could play, and now that they're in order, he's gonna be a factor. So I, 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 Barnett's gonna be moved back to the defensive side of the football. Like he has to, has to. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, especially with the secondary. You have it's to. Not, the secondary was horrible this year. Yeah, and I, the only hope Michigan State can have is that Darius Snow, safety yes. recruit, can come because he's like one of their better recruits at Biggest in the recruit. defensive backfield. Yeah, and I'm kind of barely a four star and. I think I don't even know yeah, if he still a, is a four star. Uh, yeah. Rivals downgraded him twenty four seven. Still has okay. him as a four. So I mean, he can end up being a guy. You have to hope that he can step in at safety for you know Dow or whatever. He and lost make like plays 20, in the secondary. I think he lost twenty pounds, so he could probably fill in for David Dowell yeah. in the free safety position because Xavier Henderson's gonna play at the strong side. I'm just gonna say the safeties this year were horrible. Oh yeah, horrible. And I think Henderson will be a lot better because he'll have another year. He'll yes. learn. Henderson's very talented. Because he had a lot no of question about a lot it. of people were saying that he had a lot of the same problems that maybe Kari Willis had yes. early on. And look at where Kari Willis, you know, he's on Colts now, a real contributor in the NFL. Yes, you're completely right. And I, I think that is fair to give it Xavier Henderson another year of because he he's not a guy who really played before this year. Exactly. He was just thrown into the fire yeah, yes. immediately. It, it's not like like Trey Persons is a guy who might be a free safety net year. He's played. 
Like, he's been a rotational guy. Like, Xavier Henderson, you rarely saw him last year until this year. So he's kind of been, like you said, thrown into the fire. So I, I get that, but I think the secondary is decimated. I'm going to be really interested to see what they look like on the defensive side of the football. I think the defense is uh, the obvious answer where the questions are next year, which is especially offensive line. And especially if – I think the offensive line will be fine next year. Mm, I think I they'll think be improved. I don't yes. know how much how good how they much can better. be, but I think yeah. they will be better. Yes. Because a lot of those guys they are going to They can't get worse. They can't get worse. Especially with Bowman stepping away too. I don't. Well, Bowman we, that's is, not confirmed. That's not yet. confirmed. It's a rumor. But. His contract's up, right? Yes. Uh, I, I think there's hope. Devontae Dobbs, JD Duplain, Nick Samak. But these are, are guys that there is got, hope in the offensive line. They played a lot better once they got those younger guys out there yes. and they started to form some cohesion. They they contained one of the ACC's best defensive linemen fairly well. I believe yes. he only got to Lewerke one time. Mm-hmm. They they did a. a Really quite quite good job. They just need to improve a little bit on the run blocking because Elijah Collins, while productive still, had bits of trouble finding some finding some holes. And his yardage was really helped by a big 31-yard uh, yeah. scram. Uh, I could argue there. it's like Elijah Collins' problem is that they only give him like one run play inside zone the whole game. They literally had – Michigan State had 10 plays in their playbook for Wake Forest. I get it worked, but – they, I mean, no offensive creativity at all at Michigan State currently. So that that's like that goes back to coaching. We're not going to touch on that again. We're not going to beat a dead horse. Let's look into the most encouraging thing going into 2020. We'll start with you, McCray. Uh I think it's got to be a guy we just touched on, Elijah Collins. Uh, he'll be a redshirt sophomore, his third year in the program with this new offensive line. We just talked about it. I mean, I think he could have a really good season. He only was 12 yards short of a 1,000-yard season this year, and mix him in with Anthony Williams, who I think once he bulks up a little bit will he be a very... really, really good second back. So I, I think Elijah Collins in the running back room in, in general is a really solid unit going forward. I mean, I, well, I mean no, I Kind of on the other side, too, in the passing game, I think it's got to be the wide receivers. Okay. Especially if Cody White, I know Cody White's going to test his NFL draft grade. That's what he said after the game. Like, that's what I saw. So, I or I don't know if he's going to come back. I don't know if that's kind of still up in the air, if he's going. I would assume he would be back. Or not. Yeah, I mean, because if he comes back for another year, he could have a really big year because he would probably be the number one option with Stewart leaving. Yep. And, you know, Jaden Reed's going to bring a lot to that offense, too. Mm-hmm. Trey Mosley, if they move... Um, Barnett back, Barnett to, back to defense. I, Barnett maybe playing both ways a little yes. bit would be interesting. I think wide receivers really, especially on offense, has to be the most because they could do they. That's a really talented group. Yes, I completely agree with you. I think that's mine. Any any other takes out of you guys, Bach and I? Aiden? I already said mine. Antoine Simmons. Okay, is for encouraging, right? Yes, that's, he that's could be the best on. player on the team. Next oh, year. For he sure. was the best player on the team yeah, this year, probably. And mine goes with Bach. I think the linebacker position. I think even after Joe Bocci left because of suspension, like you said, Antoine Simmons was the best player on this defense and probably on the whole team the whole year. Yes. And Noah Harvey had the most tackles against Wake, against Wake Forest. Noah Harvey's fast. He's a fast linebacker. He moves sideline to sideline pretty well. So Which that's is something that, that they need, especially yes. when they're losing all these tools on the defensive line. They have a guy who can get into the backfield quicker than, yeah. than maybe – Joe Bocci could. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole linebacker position is in a pretty good spot. After Bocci left, 
it didn't seem as if Michigan State really lost too much of a step on the defensive side of the they ball. They did not, and I think that is a compliment to how good that defensive front was with Mike Pondeshoot and Raekwon Williams. Let's move into the most discouraging aspect, and I think we're all going to agree. Michigan State does not have a quarterback going into the 2020 <laughs> football season. They just don't. Are they going to pull a Kentucky? Just play. I mean, Rocky Lombardi throws the ball just as well as Lynn Bowden. So <laughs> it's not a chirp. I mean, I'm just like, Lynn Bowden's a pretty good athlete. I'm just saying, they're not at he, Rocky Lombardi. I don't know how he can be your starting quarterback. He can't. At the 2020 that's season. that's the, the bottom line. He, he cannot. I The thing about Rocky Lombardi, though, is if I trusted this offensive scheme, there's a way you can make it work in college football with how athletic Rocky Lombardi is. But there, with the current steam Michigan State plays with, it's not going to work. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. I don't know if Peyton Thorne and Theo Day get a nod in the offseason and spring ball and as they get into the summer, or if they try and dip into the transfer portal. There was rumors that they were looking into the transfer portal. I haven't seen any interest out of any of those big names like McCray said. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys that you would really look at if Michigan State was to go to the transfer portal, you're going to be looking at K.J. Costello. You're going to be looking at maybe, maybe even Jamie Newman, the guy that yes. we saw from uh, uh, Wake Forest. But like I said, it's more than likely that he's going to go to Georgia. Um, if Felipe Franks is going to come to Michigan and say just to haunt my nightmares, because I've literally talked crap about Felipe Franks for three years. The, um, He's just going to come to East Lansing and just be horrible. Uh, Notre Dame's <laughs> backup know. quarterback, uh, Phil Jarosevic, just entered the transfer portal as well. He's a dual threat guy, highly recruited. Michigan State could take a look at him. Where's the Auburn guy going? The guy who got beat out by Nets, and he transferred in the middle of the year. Did he already announce where he was going? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Let me check. Whatever. We don't I, I, I can give you an update later. I think next year is going to be a real crapshoot. I, I, if it were me, and thank God I'm not the head yes. coach of, or quarterback's coach or whatever, I think it's Theo Day. That's, that he's your only hope that's yeah. currently on the roster. You just need somebody for one year and see what Noah Kim can do next year when he comes in. I, he's a freshman. He's not going to get snaps. He's not going to get anything. But at least look and see what the kid can do because right now they're stuck with either – I mean, Peyton Thorne wouldn't be a bad look either. I, I, I think the whole idea of next year is just getting something new. And, and I, just, Michigan State fans have already seen Rocky Lombardi and what he can do. But I, I – and classic, my – Father, Kelly Collins, he's he lives on the Spartan uh, message boards. Ryan, <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to start paying Thorne next year. Dad, what gives you any in- indication that's going to happen? Zero. Other than the fact that he traveled to, like, Wisconsin. Like, they traveled four quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know what that was about, but, I mean, you got to hope for Peyton Thorne or Theo Day or maybe, let's say, Rocky. Rocky Lombardi is a freak athlete. He should be playing tight end at Michigan State, and he'd probably be a pro prospect if he played at the tight end position. That's how athletically gifted he is. He's just not an accurate passer. No, I mean, he's it's just not. He's got a pretty strong arm. It's just he cannot make those short to intermediate throws. Nope. At all. Nope. It's going to be a quarterback position is going to be. It's going to be interesting. I, I really think they're going to try and get a transfer, but I don't like he'll be a lower profile guy. Yeah. Um. By the way, your Auburn transfer quarterback, Joey Gatewood, is going to Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Staying in the league. Yep. I like that. Okay. But, I, I mean, other than that, I I don't know what we I, – I don't want to look at the schedule just yet. I think we could do that in later weeks. But, I mean, Michigan State, next year, they have a tough schedule. There's good no, good no, home slate, though. Great home slate. Ohio State, Michigan, Miami, 
They even go to BYU. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, excuse me. They go to BYU. It's a, it, it, that sure will be interesting, to say the least. And, you know, and open with Northwestern, which I love. They I, Right now, it says it's at noon. It needs to be a Friday night game. Has well, to be. I don't know about that. Has to be. It cannot well, be a noon Saturday game. Or I, I, suck. I, I believe it's 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 going to be on Saturday. Uh, the time is to be announced. They can't, on Michigan State's athletic website. I know that's what it said. They yeah. got to switch that to Friday. And you know what's this? We're a game that we're not even talking about. This a sneaky good game is when Toledo comes in. Yeah, I mean, it, Toledo was down this last yes. year, but they have been the class of the MAC up until this year for the last four or five years. And I mean, Michigan State obviously should win yeah. that game, but I mean, I know what you're saying. It, no one comes in and the it's, glass and it's bowl a and local. Easy. And it's a you know a somewhat local team for Michigan State you know that that'll draw there's a lot of Toledo people around here yes that would you know be drawn to that game so the, they they uh, I'll just start with the beginning of the season because however it's gonna go it, they're gonna figure it out in the first four weeks of the year I think yeah. they start off the year with Northwestern at home do they get a bye before they go to BYU no I don't think no, so. no the only buy of the season finally Michigan State has gotten out of the Alabama cycle well this past season they had to have two bye weeks because the, yeah because of how late Thanksgiving was mm-hmm. but, but every team in the country had two bye weeks yes. but their only um bye week is in November which after the Minnesota game and before they have to go to Happy Valley so that's that's a well-placed bye yes. week for Michigan State on November 7th but they they basically start the year. It goes. I, I is it goes Northwestern at home at BYU, home versus Toledo and Miami at Iowa, home back to back weeks Michigan Ohio State, at Indiana home Minnesota bye week at Penn State at oh. Indiana's not going to be a cakewalk no, either. No no no, and um home versus Rutgers and then end the season at Maryland. Well, based based on what we're seeing out of Rutgers too, they could be a very improved team uh, coming mm. up. They're so far behind that even if they are improved, they're still not going to be year well, or two. In in my in my terms of improved for Rutgers, that's like four wins, five yes. wins maybe. Give that would your... that would be a huge improvement for yes. Rutgers. Yeah, we'll see. true. But we'll Michigan see. State's. I want to touch on this really quick. Their non-conference schedule is tough. Yeah. It's real tough. BYU is not the BYU the last couple of years. They're going to be good next year. Going out to Provo, too. Their quarterback is very good. Mormon Manziel. He's very, he, <laughs> he basically, yeah, he's very talented. They blew that game in a Hawaii Bowl. But whatever. Let's move on. Let's stop talking about Michigan State football until next week, until we kind of wrap up fully the college football season and Michigan State season, but... Other than that, I, I, let's not make any predictions just yet. Maybe we'll do that next week. But let's talk about the Pick'em. And we hey. got one We got one more game left to pick in the Pick'em. Really? But what's, right. what's the standings? So here are like the quote-unquote final standings. Are we going to count the confidence picks for anything? Probably no. not. Yeah, I didn't think so. We Com- should. Confidence, though, we'll, we'll talk about it. So uh, Joe Dandron, last place for confidence. He got These one were win. Bold, bold confidence picks. So just outright winners. Yes. yes. He got one win, three points. I got eight points, two wins. Nice. Alex McRae, 13 points from two wins. Ryan Collins, 15 points from two wins. And Whoa. then Eric Bach won all three of his games. 18 points right there. Thank Shout you. out. So when you look at the pick em, well done. here's Eric. how Thank we did you. last week. Alex McRae and Ryan Collins, you both went three and five for the Bulls. Mm. Not last week, last month, because it took a while. Uh, you're both 49 and 53 on the season. You're tied, mm. the two of you. Wow. At the bottom. The same, same guys. Yep. Joe Dandron and I both went five and three. 
I had a one game lead, I believe. So I am 55 and 47. Joe is 56 and 46. Ooh. Eric Bach went 7 and 1 in the Bulls. He's 52 and 44. If you go by winning percentage, by winning percentage Joe Dandron is winning by like 0.06%. Oh! It's, so, not, it's not over yet. We got one we more got game some decisions Let's go, to make. Baby. So Let's I, go. I don't think I can win. You can't win. But I we, can't win. I think the I think the winning percentage thing is winning percentage because you have to because you I missed a week. Win, you have to. Winning I missed a week, so I don't have a chance to have as many wins as you. Do you guys, yeah, we'll do one more. Do you guys want to do the FCS championship? Yes. I have does to. it have a spread? <laughs> I didn't see no. it have a spread because it's even money right now. Oh. So for our last two games, the FCS championship, North Dakota State and James Madison, oh, the two powerhouses, are is a pick'em. Currently. Oh man! Is it Pickham currently? Where is the game? I believe it's in like Frisco, Texas, every single year. Yeah. Something okay. like that. So I'll start it off. North Dakota State Bison. They opened this game as an underdog. The monies came in on them. I like North Dakota State, even though they don't have their head coach. Didn't know that until I watched the Kansas State uh, Navy game that the North Dakota State like coach who built the program went to Kansas State. That's a really good hire for Kansas Bowl. State. Yeah. Didn't know that. Well, he yeah. went to Wyoming for a while. Did he? Yeah. Oh, it's a different that. guy. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Craig Bull is Wyoming. I don't know what he does now. Okay. Um, you know what? I got to agree with you. Oh, I love North Dakota that. State. I love North Dakota State. Have Same to. record. I, I, no, you have to agree. Uh, uh, okay, hold on. I've had North Dakota State score alerts on my phone for five years. Why? Because... I'm a big fan of the Bison. Oh, geez. Give me North Dakota State. I'm not going to make a big speech. North Dakota State for me. You know what? Go with, please, I don't know. Pick James like, Madison. Dude, who, who is on this roster? Please. No one pick knows James Madison. I, I couldn't tell for you. For God's sake, <laughs> pick James Madison. Eric, I know you want Easton me to do Stitt it. Easton Stitt is not on the roster I know. anymore. Is he still hey. on the roster? Easton Stitt. You should. I'm going to do it. Please. I'm going to do it. Thank you. Pick, North Dakota yeah. State, North Dakota oh, State. Yeah. Suck. Gotcha. Okay. Why would I pick James Madison? I think I have to pick James Madison, don't I? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think I have to. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Because I need to, you know. You got to gain some ground here. I have to. So, yeah. James Madison, I fully expect the Bison to win. And I'm going <laughs> to put it all in on James Madison. Okay. I don't even know who their mascot is. I'll put it on It's him. a it's, uh, Benford. It's James Madison himself. No, it's wow. like it's a dog. It's a, it, yeah. It's like a dog well, with a crown. I'm just going off a of game day when Corso dresses up as James Madison himself. It's like a dog with a crown. It's actually a really fire logo. Hey, little do you guys know, I'm a big Trey Lance fan. Oh, quarterback yeah. It's North the Duke Dakota dog, State. by the way. So, he's little, no... He's no Easton Little did Stick. you guys know. He's no Easton Stick, which was maybe one of the greatest names. He has names. yet to throw an interception on the season. 28 touchdowns, no picks. Easton Those Stick. FCS DBs are a step slow. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Easton Stick. I know he's alive, but he was like at North Dakota State for like four years. Great quarterback. Easton Stick, and even a better name. Let's move on to the big one in New Orleans. LSU getting lane six points, excuse me, in the Dome. I, I LSU is gonna pound Clemson, pound them, absolutely pound. Are them. we picking the final score? I'm not. No, you can't. You can if you want, but I think it's gonna be like. I think we should. Forty. It's gonna be forty-two to twenty-one. Oof. LSU. This offense is unstoppable, unstoppable. And I wasn't greatly impressed by Clemson's defense against Ohio State. I think they're gonna have some problems with the LSU pass game. I like LSU big. You know. I hate to agree with Collins on this one, but in this case, I'm going to put a score out there as well for a tiebreaker, okay? Okay. Because 
I love LSU. I think they're winning big. I got LSU. Let's let's see here. 48, Clemson. Clemson 31. Okay. Joe Dandron's next. Oh man. Oh no, man. That's not good. Oh man. Okay, let's hear it. Man, those Tigers. Yeah. I'm which, not bet against those Tigers. Exactly. I picked the Tigers. No. Uh, I guarantee the Tigers win. So you're I, a Burrow I, guy. You got to pick. Oh LSU. yeah, I know. I know. That was your like shining moment of a prediction this year. I know. In you know, well kind done. Of a, kind of a pipe dream. But he's from you know. Oh, he's an Ohio kid. I love it. And I've not bet against LSU. I've picked it, LSU every time they've come up. I'm picking them again. And you're a winning man every time you bet so LSU. What's the score? Oh yeah. So I'm gonna go LSU. It's gonna be closer than Collins' score prediction. It's okay. gonna be. We're gonna go 30-21. Okay. Nice Chris Berman number. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, if that's the case, LSU would not cover. Yeah, no, no it's, it's six, right? It's six and yeah, a half. Yeah, he it's, was right. Si- okay. So I, I'm like right in the same boat as you. I think that Clemson is really good. Yes. And the best team that LSU has played this year. Mm-hmm. It, that down. includes Alabama with a healthy Tua. Agreed. Um I, it also includes Georgia. Obviously, they spanked Georgia in the mm-hmm. SEC championship game. Um, I still think that LSU just has too much firepower for Clemson, and I think they win 38-28. Okay. I would like to point out, though, Eric, if you pick LSU, I know. you cannot beat Joe. But I can't lose it. On, I can't lose it to him. Well, you would I in like terms of winning percentage I because like Joe's principle. technically I, ahead I, right now. I know. I'm he? going to. I'm. I, I have to pick the game correctly. That's principle. I like that, Bach. Because Love it. because just because I missed a week. If I if I had been here for one more game, I probably would win. Okay. That's good enough yeah. for me. Okay. It's good enough for me. You know what? I would have picked Clemson if I were you, but. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> You're behind. You would not it have picked Clemson. No, you would not have picked Clemson. Who cares? Oh yeah, Joe Dandron. Big Bop, Trevor Lawrence Bop fan. Do, Bop, oh, you have yeah. no idea. Bot doesn't do it for the wins. He just does it for the love of the game. That's right. He just does it for the love of the game. That's a joke. Let's hear it, Aiden. Um, yeah. I, I want to... No. I, yeah, I can't not take LSU. I'm with Bach on this one. Like, it, All it's, five of us. Thank you. It's Joe Burrow. So that means Clemson national champs. Yeah. 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 It's big game Burrow. Yeah. That, that, it's Coach O. I, I mean, Go Tigers. On. Go Tigers. I mean, it's a Tiger-Tiger match. It's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be close. Er... Than you think? Uh, okay, let's let's start getting into that so, after we made our picks. What are the keys so, to this? Wait, you, you I, gotta I gotta say my, a score. My, oh, my, my score is twenty-eight, twenty-one. My oh, they're not gonna hold them scoring. To no, they're so, gonna score more than that. Okay, it's a home game. Let him make his prediction. Yeah. Let him make this yeah. predi- that's his prediction. I didn't. I didn't write down any of our scores, by the way. Okay, that's fine. We can listen back. Yes, mine was thirty-eight, twenty-eight. Cool. Okay. Just for the viewers out there, for the <laughs> listeners that are now on Spotify. Yes. But yeah, shout out to Steph for getting us out on Spotify. Huge for us. We really appreciate that. And our Apple podcast feed is yes. fits too. So big perfect. time. Big time thanks to Steph. And we got to get Alex McCray out of here because he's got to go to the basketball game. Before we leave, though, keys to the national title game that you got one big key that you think maybe LSU has or Clemson has that really just changes what this game looks like. I think if LSU is going to win this game, they're going to have excellent protection on the offensive line. Joe Burrow is going to have all day to throw, and I don't care how good your defensive backs are. If you have, if you give a quarterback that's as good as Joe Burrow all day to throw, if you give a quarterback who's half as good as Joe Burrow all day to throw, he's going to tear you apart. So 
if Clemson wants to win this game, they have to get pressure on Joe Burrow, contain him in the pocket, and hit him. And they also need to make sure that their quarterback stays clean as well. They can't let Trevor Lawrence hit the ground a lot. I think the big key for me is Clemson. I know this sounds stupid and so cliche. Clemson cannot get down at all. That, they I, have to get exactly ahead. Exactly what I was going to say. They, they cannot play from behind in this yep. game because it, it could get out of hand. Stole it from me. Clemson, that, if the first six minutes of this game huge. is is what will win or lose it for Clemson. If they if they fall if they get down even ten points, then Trevor Lawrence is going to start to press a little bit. Then the pressure is going to come. All it takes is one mistake yes. for Trevor Lawrence to if. Clemson cannot turn the ball over in this game if they're going to win because LSU is going to score on the majority. They're going to get points on the majority of their possessions. So Clemson has to be able to keep up early. Well, how about this? I think that Clemson can potentially fall behind a little bit. Yeah. But if you're LSU, you cannot kick field goals. Nope. You well, cannot. saw what happened to Ohio State. Exactly. Yeah, they don't want to Ohio State themselves yeah. because LSU Trevor doesn't Lo- do that. Well, okay, they haven't done neither that yet. Did neither, Ohio no, State. neither did Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think it's going to be really important for both of these teams to be able to get into the end zone and do it consistently because if you get into a field goal kicking contest, you're going to lose. If, if Clemson wins the coin toss, they need to take the football. Oh, I like. Yeah, you I would cannot, totally agree. You cannot give Joe Burrow the ball because if they march down and score LSU on the first possession of the game, the crowd is going to yes. be nuts let's, and it's going to be basically over. Let's not discount. Trevor Lawrence's composure, though, I think no, he's definitely. he's definitely one of the most composed uh, quarterbacks in in probably all of football. So, I think if there's anybody who could come back from mm-hmm. being down against LSU, it's Trevor Lawrence. Let so me get this one last point in before we go to Hunt. If remember how the championship game played out last year, Tua throws a pick six on the first offensive play of the game for Alabama. So freshman Trevor Lawrence already has a little bit of room to breathe. If LSU is not going to give him any room to breathe in this game, yep. Clemson has to take the football and go and march down and get at least a field goal on the opening possession of the game. And if if they allow LSU to get the ball rolling at all, I think the thing can snowball real quickly in their faces. I like what you said about Trevor Lawrence's composure because he needs to be careful throwing the ball. Because these LSU defensive backs are a bunch of studs. That is the best. I think that's the best matchup we're going to see. Clemson's yep. wide receivers and LSU's DBs. Because I think on the other side of the football, it's just a huge just advantage for LSU's wide receivers. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's yeah, let's get, get, get let Hunt get his point yeah. in here. So my point is though. He needs to be careful throwing the ball, but they got to use their feet too. I think Trevor Lawrence needs to be able to scramble well, and tra- and Travis Etienne he has to be able to run the ball. He did not do that against Ohio State. Yeah, really hurt them. So if they want to have a chance to win this game, they got to run the ball effectively, and they got to use their offensive line to at least make holes so that they can get through. And LSU's proven you can run the ball against them. Yeah, but they kind of done that after they've been up like twenty eight. So that's like that's like the one iffy thing about it. I still think you can run on LSU. I don't see a bunch of professional prospects in their front seven. They're 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 defensive backs are absolutely yes. loaded, but their front seven isn't as stacked as it typically is for an LSU team. Joe Danger in the last one before we get Alex McCray out of here. I, You know, it's – I mean, you guys all made really good points because I think that Clemson – I mean, they did come back from 16 down against Ohio State. Ohio mm-hmm. State made mistakes, though, and offense sputtered, whatever. But I think that Clemson, if they win the game, it is going to be like a straight shootout, like a 45-42 game if Clemson wins. It's going to be back and forth. Each team is just whoever can throw, whoever can get the most points up there. That's what it's going to come down to. And whoever makes the one mistake 
if Cle- that's how Clemson will win. Okay. Whoever blinks first. If Clemson I, turns it over, if Clemson gives yes, LSU exactly. one momentum yep. turnover, they will not if, win. If as soon as Lawrence throws one pick, it's done because LSU will go down and score because that crowd's going to be into it, and it's going to be tough. I mean, the difference between Burrow and Lawrence is Lawrence has been there. That's mm-hmm. the big thing there. And Burrow, I get it. The dude threw like what was it, eight touch, seven touchdown passes in the first half against Oklahoma. He's yes. unstoppable. He's got major weapons. But Clemson, if you can guard those wide receivers in LSU, and you can get a little bit of pressure on him, get him in the dirt, like make sure yeah. Burrow knows you're there. They can pull it off, but they're gonna have to put up forty points or okay. so if they want to win. Okay. Good episode today, guys. Good episode. Didn't have any rust at all. No, I know it was just smooth. It's like fi- fine wine gets better each time. But uh, I have a I have a real quick question sure. here. Uh, I thought you were trying to get out of here. I, I, I'm trying I to am, do this I for am, you. But I just saw uh, a statistic. Do they count um, regular or these postseason touchdowns as uh, towards the touchdown record, like the overall touchdown record know. for college football? Yeah, because if so. that if that's, the, if that's the case, Joe Burrow will probably break the record. Yeah. I mean, he you has have 55 right now. He only needs four more to break it. I mean, you that's have combined to. rushing and passing. No, no, that's just passing. Just passing. Colt Brennan, I believe, had 58. Yeah, the Hawaii dude. Yeah, yeah. Right. For some reason, Joe Dandridge's mic just went off. For some reason, is it on? Is your mic still on? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> know. It just cut out. So that's interesting. But for Ryan Collins, Alex Retre, Eric Bot, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandridge, thank you for listening to SRC. We'll be back next week recapping the college football national championship game, and maybe have a little bit more fun about the Michigan State 2020 season. We'll see you guys next week. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.